Hey, listen to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 75. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan. And today we're going to continue the arc of Who Wore It Better by tuning up a terrible list to a token list. Now hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? Whole bunch is going down. We're continuing our thrashing of Watsy and building pre-constructed decks. And we're going to continue on. We're going to turn one of the lists that people look back in time on and think, oh, those were the magical eras when decks were super strong and super good. And it's really not. And we're going to turn it into something <laughs> that feels way more classic and fun. Yeah, we, uh, we were talking before the show. We're looking at a deck from 2011. And what do you think? What do you, what do you think is the most politically correct way to say this? Commander as a format has evolved? Yeah. Yeah, and when we look backwards on the teamer list, the uh, green, blue, red list, uh, I guess two cards were good in that deck. <laughs> and when you, when you say red, green, blue, 2011, what's the first card that pops into your head? Definitely Animar Soul of Elements. What's the second card that pops into your head? Edric Spymaster of Trest. How about after that? Hmm. Wow, Riku, two reflections? So the three... Commanders that were printed specifically for the deck. Does anybody remember the deck? Hmm. There's a command tower in it. Everybody out there, just stop for just a second. Stop what you're doing. Just think. Can you remember this list? Bet you can't. Because if you did, you would know that it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, actually, thinking about doing this, when I started working, I'm like, this is so janky and bad. And we were ragging so hard on our deck from last week. Where it's like, oh, she's the worst, and oh, Boros, big stuff, what the hell? This is way worse this than that. This is way worse. This was like, maybe maybe the Mardu list in 2011 was better, Kalia into like big demons and angels and stuff. Maybe that list is better than this list. But the second best list from 2011 is like far worse than the worst list in 2015. Yes, by <laughs> by factors of ten, this was it was a seven drop dot deck. Yeah, you know what? Funny thing is that we talk about the format evolving. It's interesting to note the cohesiveness of this deck. Not there. The seven drop dot deck, as you say, definitely a thing in 2011. They improved it a whole bunch in 2013 with like the prosh and the the casting them matters, like Jaleva and the other good commanders that were printed in 2013. 14 was okay, fine. They all the monocolor planeswalkers, right? 14 a little bit better. 15 is the experience tokens or experience counter ones. Those ones I think are regarded as being good. You know, we all know how much I love them. Yeah, 16 by and large, I think, is regarded as the best ones. That's when we got Partners. That's when we got uh, Atraxa, yeah. right? Uh, but also Yidris. Yeah, very cool. Super And super powerful, right? Yeah. Uh, we've done a Yidris list. In a couple Ep of Yidris lists. Episode 39 or something? He was our T1 CEDH yeah. pick. Yeah. We had F.U. Joel in on that episode. Yeah, that's right. We should have him back sometime. Yeah. Still F him. Yes. <laughs> After 16 is 17, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, finally we get tribal. The decks will be cohesive, blah, blah, blah. We were talking before the show. The three commanders, 
spread across the four different tribal lists, those weren't even really that cohesive. They were they shared a creature type. That doesn't make them cohesive, though, right? No, not at all. Um, and the decks didn't really all play well with the commanders. Now, when we look at the 2018 lists, except for maybe like the, the spider guy or the hydra guy in the jund list, I feel like these decks, the 2018 decks, are probably the most cohesive after everybody was kind of ragging on them the most, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, people... Well, I think it's just because they aren't up to snuff as a 100-card list as we've been expecting. I think Wizards missed the boat on reprints as everybody's yeah. biggest guff with them, right? Yeah, 16, 17, we got some amazing decks that do some incredible things, had some really great cards, some really strong reprints, some really high value, and then this year it just... You didn't. Eh. It's yeah. just not the same. It's still good. You know what's funny? It's not the same. You know what's funny is they packed in a lot of real high-power reprints into Battle Bond and M19, the two previous sets prior to Commander 18, and everybody was all like, oh, yeah, Commander Masters in Battle Bond, and oh, my God, here's Scapeshift and Crucible in M19, and, and oh, the Elder Dragons, right? The Elder Dragons could have very easily being the 2018 lists and that that nickel bolus backstory that they did in m19 could have been commander 2018 right yeah let me throw back to I the think, 20 I, I think people would have liked that sorry the, i interrupted no it's all good the, the 2011 lists actually played the what is it the wedge dragons yeah came out in time spiral so like they've already kind of done that they could have done it again this year and it would have made perfect sense except they would have been shard dragons yes like Nicol Bolas and Vivictus and... Derigaz and all those guys. No, Derigaz was in uh, Dominaria. I know, but he was also one of the dragons, was he not? No. Oh, I thought he was. Is she. I thought that she was the Jund dragon. Vivictus is the Jund dragon. Oh. Derigaz is one of the invasion dragons. Okay. Yeah. Right. We're way off topic. Way off topic, Here's yes. the thing. We brought up, or I brought up, the commander... 2018 decks why don't you give a quick rundown of our latest giveaway and then do social media coordinates we'll switch it up today okay uh if you would like to win any one of the 2018 commander lists your choice you just need to like us follow us on social media help us spread word of the show we get word of all the likes and shares that we get and we'll throw your name into a hat we'll pull your name out and if it is you we will get in, in touch with you. You can let us know, and we will send you which deck you want. My pick for the one that you will probably want is the one with the little ghost girl on the front. Aminatu? Yes. Sure. Just my pick. The social media on which you can share us includes CCO Podcast on Twitter and tappedout.net. That's where you can see this list, last week's list, next week's list, and any other list that we do throughout the course of the show. You can get a hold of us at commandercookout at gmail.com. You can send us love mail, hate mail, show suggestions, decks you'd like to see us tune up for this arc. We've got a couple of weeks left, so keep sending those in. Um, no nudes? I didn't get any nudes last week, so you saying no nudes is obviously working. Oh, finally. All right. You guys are listening. Thanks a bunch. We're also Commander Cookout on iTunes, Google Play, Google Machine, Facebook, YouTube, EDHREC.com, Podomatic, where we have usurped the ninnies. Here, hold on a second. Bone to pick with Podomatic. We are, we've usurped the scrapbook and ninnies. Which is what's important. You know what is now more important? What's that? Usurping Coin Week. What? The number one games and hobbies podcast on Podomatic is not Commander Cookout Podcast. We are number two. This week, 
Do you remember we used to be behind Neo Anarchist Podcast? Sure. Sure. Okay. At least it sounds cool. Yeah. Now we're behind Coin Week. Do they coins. collect coins? Coins. Coins. That's that's not very good. No. Okay. Well, we'll we'll work on that, guys. If you can help us out, we'd really appreciate that because that's a little embarrassing, actually. Coins. Coin Week. All right. Go to Podomatic.com. Search Commander Cookout Podcast. Follow us. Request more. That's one of their like algorithm things. Yeah. There's a request more button here. And it makes us feel really good when we get a so-and-so once more. Yeah. Yeah. We also command a cookout on Patreon and FlipsideGaming.com where you can use promo code CCOFU to get 10% off your entire order store-wide. And we are also on the official, official home of Commander Cookout Podcast, CommanderCookout.com. <laughs> Two things about CommanderCookout.com. Game, as you say, <laughs> and Patreon. We are one patron away from hitting our next stretch goal of additional content. Oh, dang. Oh, dang. As if this wasn't enough work already. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean? It means we're going to put a, together some short thank you and, and welcome videos to um, maybe launch on our YouTube page or YouTube channel, I guess, right? Yeah. There's going to be some written word articles on CommanderCoco.com. We have some cool ideas for stuff we could write down. Yep. And those will both supplement our regularly scheduled arcs for the show, but also maybe, you know, we'll touch on new releases. A little bit more contemporary stuff. We try to stay away from the very contemporary stuff on the show to make it kind of relevant any time of the year. Everybody's doing, you know, like M19 stuff and Commander 18 stuff, so... We try to stay away from it, but I think maybe some of the written articles will be a little bit more along those lines, if that's what you're into during those releases. Yeah, we got thoughts on all that stuff. We just didn't want to do it on the show because everybody else is doing it. If Fair you want to hear so. about some C18, you can listen to good friend of the show, Dean Goody. Yeah. From Commander Time. Or you could listen to friend of the show, Enemy of Brando, Max Crandell, over on CMDR Central. If you want to hear all that contemporary stuff. They're very good. They're real cool guys. Yeah, or any other show that you actually already know about and probably found us because of. F you, Max Crandell. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> so should we talk? Hold on. No. We have a shout out. Ooh. Oh, I stopped you this time. Nice. New patron. Shout out to Avery Edmonds. Funny nickname? How about Avery Deadman? That doesn't sound... Every Deadman. Like this one. The Undertaker! The Undertaker. Yeah, The Undertaker! So good. Wrestling is fun. So thanks, Avery, for your support. And everybody else who has supported us throughout the course of our adventure through podcasting. Should we do a list? I suppose we can do a list. Let's... Let's see what we got here. So who are we working on today? We have taken a look at back to 2011, and we have pulled out of the dustbin Riku of Two Reflections. Interesting. Now, this guy got a whole bunch of attention as, like, back in the day, as being, like, spell slinger, big creature, powerful deck, right? People and want to draw cards. People want to make big stuff, copy stuff. It lets you cheat, right? You're only allowed one copy of any card, and this guy gives you two. Which is incredible. Super good. Give him a read. Riku of Two Reflections is a human wizard. 2-2 two, two for 5. Uh, that's a blue-red-green 2. 
Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you can play, you can pay blue-red. If you do, you copy that spell, and you can choose a new target for the copy. Also, in a new paragraph, he has, whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay green-blue. If you do, you create a token that's a copy of that creature. Okay, so let's break it down a little bit. Costs five mana. It's probably the top end of anything that's super powerful and competitive, except for Prosh. And in a tuned mana base, like green, blue, or blue, red are kind of the same thing. Two mana, right? Yeah. Two mana to copy an instant, two mana to copy a creature as they're being cast or entering the battlefield. That's actually really powerful. And human wizard, like talk about relevant creature types, right? Yes, those have a great deal of support, especially given some of the recent releases. Very much so. So he sounds very powerful. I mean, he's a 2-2 for 5, which kind of sucks. But That, that does kind of suck. I think he's, we can call it, casually costed. I think that's fair. Because I think he might cost a little bit too much, plus his ability is pretty mana-intensive, and it's not repeatable, so you can't super abuse it. Or can you? Can you use it over and over again? You can't because it trigger. it's a triggered ability when you cast or when something enters the battlefield. Mm. Mm. Here's the thing. So he costs five, and then you have to cast something else. Let's say it's a one mana instant. That's six already. Then you pay two. That's eight all in. Mm-hmm. What have you done? You've copied a one mana instant? Granted, like if that one mana instant is like whatever, Path to Exile, not that you can play that in this deck, but if it was, yeah. exile two creatures for... Let's call it a Pongify. Pongify you can play in this deck. You can destroy two things for eight mana. And... The thing about it is it's it's kind of like three mana, right? Once you have Riku. So the deck wants to get Riku as early as possible, but... In the original list from 2011 and your tune-up list, that's not what happens. It's not what's going to happen. And I think we're we're trying to stay on on budget and on the same line of thinking as Watsi in that they don't want all of the super crazy fast mana rocks and they don't want to jam it full of 25 mana dorks, right? Like like a competitive prosh list. Yeah, this would basically just be prosh. If you want it to be competitive, if you want it Riku turn three or two, Artisan of Kozilek turn three or four doubled, you can do it. Yeah. But not if you're going to make a pre con. Not at 100 bucks like this deck is currently. Like that's today's budget. Yeah. Super sweet, by the way. You can't even find the sealed deck of this guy for that much. <laughs> Thanks, Animar. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> he, Riku actually costs more than Animar now because Animar's been reprinted in Masters 25, and oh, yeah. Riku hasn't. Huh. Yeah, funny, hey? Yeah, it is kind of funny. (laughs) Anyways, want to start with some creatures? Let's start with some creatures. Let's start off, I mentioned him already. How about Artisan of Kozilek? Ooh, good guy to double if you got 11 mana, because he costs 9, 10, 9. When he enters the battlefield, you get a creature back. You reanimate a creature, and he has Annihilator 2. So when he attacks, a defending player has to sacrifice two permanents before anything else. Pretty sweet. Interesting about this guy, he gets a creature back into play, so if you have 13 mana, you can double him too. Neat. So cool. All right. Yeah, see, the deck wants big mana. All day. That's what it wants. Next up, we have Avatar of Fury. This is in last week's list. 
It was in the stock list. Then stock list. Okay, yeah, eight mana, six, six with fire breathing and flying. If an opponent has um, seven or more land, if an opponent, so one guy's got to have seven or more land, he costs six less. So two. Yeah. Six, six flying fire breather for two. It's pretty good. And if somebody has seven or more lands and you have four, you can get two of them. I'm not going to say that on every creature, but. Yeah. It's just, 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 just remember that. Keep that in mind. All right. Avenger of Zendikar. Oh, I like this guy. Another huge casting cost. Seven mana, five, five. Enters the battlefield, you get a zero, one plant for each land you control. Landfall, all your plants get plus one, plus one counter. It's cool. Classic. From this year's list, Brutaclad, Telchor Engineer. Yeah, look at you using these contemporary guys. Hey, you're like a, you're not an EDH hipster anymore. I try. I'm trying to update my game. We should have been like EDH hipster cast. No. No. No, we'd have I should have, have never said and, that. We'd have to have man buns and kick each other's ass after every show. God. We could have man buns. We could. We'd both have long enough hair to do that. But you know what we have instead of man buns, Ryan? Self-respect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the part about kicking each other's ass, we wouldn't physically be able to hurt each other if we had man buns. Yeah. We wouldn't be strong enough. <laughs> Anyways, 4-4 four, four for 6. Creature tokens you could draw of haste. Yeah. Neat. At the beginning of combat, create a 2-1 blue mirror. Fine. Then you may choose a token you control. If you do, each other creature token becomes a copy of that token. So he just makes all of your tokens into your best token. Which isn't too bad. Also, if let's say you've Avenger a card twice and you've got a bazillion plants and they're zero ones and you haven't played a land yet, or even if you have only played one land, you can turn them into two ones, which is 100% better. I would argue it's even better than that because, nope, I wouldn't. It doesn't fly. I just reread it. <laughs> I thought it flew. All right, next up, we have Chasm Skulker. Oh, another classic. Three drop one one, so it sounds terrible, but whenever you draw a card, put a plus one, plus one counter on it, and when it dies, you get a one one blue squid for each plus one counter that was on it. It's a cool token card. So it's like that it's like that guy that hits that spider with the broom and 10,000 spiders come out of its butt. Yeah. This is that card incarnate. Except with squids. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to have 10,000 squids pop out of anything's butt. No. And don't Google that. Do not Google that. <laughs> that would be an excellent card to double. Speaking of things that are excellent to double and things you probably shouldn't go goigle. <laughs> Coiling Oracle. Yeah. You just don't. Yeah. Blue-green, 1-1, one, one. Snake Elf Druid. What? <laughs> okay. When it enters the battlefield, look at the top card of your library. If it's a land card, put it onto the battlefield, or just draw it if it's not a land card. So it's ramp or card draw. Both are good things. Yeah, super sweet. I like that card. That's like a that's like actual good EDH card. Next up, we have a card that was printed in this list originally and reprinted this year in Conundrum Sphinx. Oh, yeah? Is this the... Um... Is this the Factor Fiction Sphinx? No. No, it's not that good. Oh, that would no. be a good one. No, this is to a... double, because you can Factor Fiction twice. That would be fun. Mm. I dig that. But instead, what we're going to do is get a 4-4 flyer for blue-blue 2. Whenever it attacks, each player chooses a card name, then reveals the top card of their library. If the card they reveal is the name, they get to draw it. If they don't, they put it on the bottom. That's super sweet if, you, if, if we can control the top card of our library. It probably goes in the Aminatu list, right? I think that is where yeah, it was yeah. reprinted, yeah. Well, 4-4 four, for four, 4 is never, with flying, never bad. It's not terrible, yeah. I mean, it, I don't, 
I don't know. I don't think I don't know why this was printed in this list to start with, though. I really don't. It doesn't. It's there's no synergy with Riku at all. It's just a card that was burning a hole in their design portfolio, so they had to like get it out to print. Yeah, get, yeah. get it out, guys. Get it out. Anyway, next up, Dax Duplicant. He's a four mana clone, and the clone has dethrone. So when it attacks the person with the most life total, it gets a plus one plus one counter. And it has haste. So it's the best thing on the battlefield twice if you have six mana. With haste. With haste. Neat. And dethrone. Next up, we have Deadwood Tree Folk. I like this guy too. Six mana, three, six. When it enters the battlefield and leaves the battlefield, you get a card back from your graveyard to your hand. And weird thing about it is it's got vanishing three. So it comes into play with three vanishing counters. And when you remove the last one, it dies. And you remove a vanishing counter during each upkeep, right? Each of your upkeeps, yeah. It's like fixed fading, if you remember fading from Mask's block. Yeah. Yeah, if you were around, you know, like 20 years ago, you'll remember that. Yeah. All right, next up, we have one of the good cards from here. Edric, Spymaster of Trest. Yeah, one of the good cards. There's three of them. I thought we liked bad cards. Well, yeah, but we're going to get into those later. Uh, Us liking them doesn't make them good. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, note to self. 2-2 for green-blue, one. Three mana total. Elf, rogue, like that matters. Just elf does. When a creature deals combat damage to one of your opponents, its controller may draw a card. Oh. Two things there. So when somebody attacks somebody else, they may draw a card. You don't need to remind them. And when they attack you, they don't. So it encourages people to not attack you. And when I attack you and I have Edric, then I draw a card. So it's also good for me in that way. Yeah, it gives all my dudes a Fidian too. Yeah, that guy's good. I like him lots. Do you like Elvish Aberration? I, I like Elvish Aberration because it was originally from Scourge. Six drop, four, five, Elf Mutant. Again, only Elf matters there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what does it make? Let's make Mutant Tribal. No, he Forest Cycles for two generic. Discard them and search for a forest, put it into your hand. Or you can tap them to get green, green, green. It's pretty good. That's lots of mana. Yeah, I like him. But you got to pay six to get it whatever yeah it's like dreamstone hedron or whatever it's like six drop mana rock that gives you three sack to draw a card it's almost the exact same card except this is a four five elf how about guardian of cloverdale i actually didn't know what this did this is a seven drop four five tree folk shaman when guardian of cloverdale it should be guardian of clover field and he should be a squid and he should be <laughs> crushing it town i don't know i feel like this guy what's where Oh, Riverdale is where, like, Archie and Veronica and stuff live or something, right? (laughs) Anyways, this guy is not them. When he enters the battlefield, you get a 1-1 white Kithkin soldier for... Three of them. Oh, you get three. You just get three. Yeah. And you can sacrifice a Kithkin to gain one life. He's like a shitty siege gang commander. Basically, that's what he is. Very shitty. He costs, like, 100. It costs seven, and you gain life instead of doing damage to something. So he's just... But he's there. He makes tokens. If you have two, if you have nine and you get two of them, you get two four fives and six one ones. And okay, life. yeah, yeah, you got to remember, you got to double these things. You got to double them. Next up, Hornet Queen. He's a, a good one to double. Seven drop two two. Ah, wait, <laughs> wait, what the hell? Flying Death Touch. When Hornet Queen enters the battlefield, you get four green insect tokens with flying and Death Touch and Death Touch. So really, you're getting five Death Touchers. In total. And if you have nine mana, you're getting ten. ten. That's a good deal. Nine mana for ten flying death touchers? That's yeah. Excellent. That's a good deal. 
All right, how about Hydra Omnivore? Six drop, eight, eight. When Hydra Omnivore deals combat damage to an opponent, it deals that much damage to each other opponent. So there's one of those ones that they you're like, what the hell? Like, they print Protect or Guardian of Cloverdale. It's like a seven drop, four, five that kind of sucks. And then they have an eight, eight for six that hits somebody for eight, for eight and then hits everybody else for eight. Super sweet. It's insane. So you copy him, you're, you're, you're living the dream. Yeah, that's 16 damage to everybody every time he hits somebody. Speaking of living the dream, uh -huh. we got Intet the Dreamer. Ah, this was one of those Time Spiral Dragons. Yes. So he's Teamer and 3 for a 6-6 six, six flyer. Good value there. When he deals combat damage to a player, you can pay blue 2. If you do, you may look at the top card of your library, and as long as it remains there, you can cast it with... You exile it, and then you can cast it for as long as Intet is in play. So yeah. it kind of like draws you a card, right? It's pretty neat. It's, and with some of the things in the deck costing a 1,000, you can cast it on your next turn when you have mana, and then you can Riku copy it. Oh, you just put it away for later. Yeah. Yeah, you dream it up, and then it just kind of stays in your memory bank. It's a, sa it's a savings plan. Oh, yeah. Next up, we have Kamal Fister of Krosa. Kamal the Fister. 4-3 for 6 Pay one to make your lands a 1-1 one, one, or anybody's lands a 1-1. One, one. Excellent just prior to a Wrath going off. Yep. Or green, 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 two, overrun. That's plus three, plus three, and trample for your team. It's very good. Yeah, you, you get lots of mana. Remember those Elbish Aberrations or whatever? You just tap a bunch of them that you copied with Riku, and then you get like five or six overruns with your tokens. Gets the job done. Yeah, that's sweet. Next up, we have one of those super sweet cards in the original list, Incrosion Tusker. This guy's actually good. He looks terrible, but he's good. He's a 7-drop 6-5, cycling green 2, okay? Uh, but when you cycle him, not only do you draw a card, but you may search your library for a basic land and put it into your hand. So 3 mana, draw a card, search for a land. That's kind of like a cultivate, except it's like both cards are going into your hand. It's got cycling and basic land cycling at the same time. Oh, yeah. Which is kind of cool, and then... I don't know. I don't think you'd ever play him as a creature. Honestly, I don't think you would. I don't think you would either. You know what? That used to be a staple in Commander of Old, like, seven or eight years ago. Because, I mean, it's land and card draw. Talking about staples in Commander. How about Maelstrom Wanderer? Oh, baby. I like this guy. 7-5 for Teamer 5. Creatures you control have haste. Another haste enabler. I think there's three in the deck total, right? Yep. He's got Cascade, Cascade. When you cast them, reveal cards from the top of your library until you hit something that costs less. Cast that, and then do that again. So you cast him, you're actually casting three things, him and two others. If you're on that long-term savings plan with Intet the Dreamer, this is the dude you want to play with Intet the Dreamer. Yeah, and if you've got the mana over and above the eight that he costs, you can also copy whatever he's casting. That's why you play him with Intet, because you've got mana on tap now, and you didn't have to pay eight for him. Yeah. He just comes in oh, for free. yeah, that's right. Then... You copy, you know, I guess you don't copy him because you wouldn't get double cascade, but you can copy the thing that he gets and then copy the other thing that he gets and you've got five spells and paid four mana. That's pretty good. Super sweet. And um, just to touch on that, you don't copy the cascade because cascade doesn't go off when you copy, only when you cast. Correct. Yeah. Next up, we have Magus of the Vineyard. Here's a, here's a list original. One drop, one, one. At the beginning of each player's pre-combat main phase, add green, green to that player's mana pool. Real life, you wouldn't play this card. I Probably not. Lanamore Elf, right? Yeah. Or uh, Bloom Tender. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Bloom Tender is, is much better. Next up, Mere Battle Sphere. Here we go. Seven drop, four, seven. 
enters the battlefield, you get four mirrors whenever he attacks. You can give uh, him plus X plus zero, where X is the number of mirrors you control. And also he deals damage to an opponent equal to the number of mirrors you control. Something like that, right? Did I get it? Whenever it attacks, you may tap X untapped mirrors. If you do, it gets X, where X is the number of mirrors you tapped, and it deals X to target creature or player, planeswalker that it's attacking. Oh, they had to reword all that shit? Yeah. Worst ever. We're reading the one from C18, obviously. Here's yeah. the thing. Mirror Battlesphere. Cast it. Copy it. Clone it. Everything that you can do to get more of them. Also interesting of note, Brutaclad could, in theory, turn all of your other creature tokens into mirrors as well. Oh, yeah. So if you had a whole, let's say you got 10 plant tokens from an Avenger of Zendikar and a Brutaclad, you could turn all of those plants into mirrors, swing in with your Mirror Battlesphere and do a bazillion damage that way too. Yeah, Mirror Battlesphere, super sweet. Next up, we have Nuklevy. You read this one. I have no idea what this piece of crap from Lorwyn Block does. Shadowmore Block. Same thing. Come on. He is a 4-4 four, four for 6, two of which is is it, so red or blue hybrid. When it comes into play... You can if you you get a red sorcery back from your graveyard to your hand, and you get a blue instant back from your graveyard to your hand. Oh, so he recycles those spells that we're gonna get to in a bit. And he has cool art, and he was an original in the deck. Yeah, he can suck it. Probably, yeah. Somebody to make your opponent suck it. I love these segues. Perforos, God of the Forge. Yeah, whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, all your opponents get two damage. If you've been listening to the theme of the list so far, you understand why he's there. Yeah, lots of creatures here. He also fire-breathes your team and is indestructible. Yeah, that's why I put him in instead of Impact Tremors. I was initially building the deck. I'm thinking, I should probably play Impact Tremors. Then I was like, ah, you know what? There's all kinds of other cards that, that I'm not including that are in your typical token lists. So let's... You gotta give me this one. Yeah. Give me this one. All right, next up we have Rampaging Bayloths. 6-6 six, six, Trampler for 6, Landfall. When a land enters the battlefield under your control, you get a 4-4 four, four green beast creature token. Yeah. Neat. Next up, Rapacious 1. 6-drop, 5-4 with Trample. When Rapacious 1 deals combat damage to a player, you put that many 0-1 colorless Eldrazi spawn creature tokens onto the battlefield. Who's kind of a ramp spell to play all your ridiculous... Crap. Yeah, he's kind of a ramp spell, but with Riku, you need colored mana, right? Yeah, but... You, you can turn all those spawns into um, mirrors, though, with Brutoclad. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. All right, next up, we have Gangbang Commander. Don't Google that. Do not. 2-2 two, two for 5. When he enters the battlefield, get three goblins. You could pay two, sack goblin, deal two damage to any target. Next up, from last week, we talked about this guy, Spite Bellows. Oh, I like this guy, yeah. Another six drop. Jeepers, creepers, six mana for a six one. When it enters the battlefield, deals six damage target creature, or you can pay red, red one to evoke him. With evoke, can you still copy him with Riku? Because it's sacrificed when it's ent when it enters the battlefield. So do you have a chance to respond to it coming into play with Riku so that you can dust two things? I left him in here specifically so I could ask that question. Evoke is an alternate casting cost, so you're still casting him, and he still enters the battlefield when he does. Riku's ability will trigger, and then you can pay the mana when Riku's ability triggers to get a copy of Spite Bellows. I like that. And Spite Bellows, or, or e Evoke specifically says when you cast this spell for its Evoke cost, sacrifice it, and if you didn't cast it for its Evoke cost, it won't say that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I so you should be able to do that. CCO Nation, let me know if I'm wrong, but I think that that's correct. I think I think we're right I, too. I think that must be why he's in there. Like they wouldn't have gave us something that bad to just have it die <laughs> twice, would they? Oh, I just got the look. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Veteran Explorer. This is an interesting one. I feel like this should be in more commander lists, but I also don't want to give my opponents any advantage, right? Mm. So elf, no, human soldier scout. He's not an elf at all. Nope. One one for green when it dies. Each player may search their library for up to two basic lands and put them onto the battlefield tapped. Not even tapped. Not even tapped. And they come into play straight up. This is a political card. If you drop this on turn one, you've bought yourself at least two oh, turns. Oh, I remember. This is a reprint. This was originally in Weatherlight with a different uh, with, with a different art, right? With, with the a guy very, with the books and stuff? With a very elf-looking art, yeah. Yeah. But this okay. guy's a total political card. Like, if you play this card right, you've basically fogged for yourself a couple of turns. Because people like are going to dig that. Yeah. It's like, oh, you missed your Sol Ring drop? Don't worry, guys. I got your back. Brando gives you that colored mana, too, so... Okay. Play it that way. Yep. Next up, we have a personal favorite of mine in Wayward Swordtooth. Oh, 5-5 five, five for 3. Sounds good. Got Ascend, so you need 10 or more permanents. You can play an additional land on each turn. Seems good. And he can't attack or block unless you have City's Blessing, which is what Ascend is. Yeah, and he's super easy to get to Ascend because he's letting you get your land out there, and your land counts as a permanent. And you're playing tokens, so... Yeah, you're going to get there. Yeah. He, you play him when you don't want to pay $25 for an Explorer, which is why he's in here, because this is a mana-hungry deck, and this will let you get more of it. Sweet. It's the most co it's the most wallet-efficient way of getting more land into play each turn. Wallet-efficient. Yeah. I like it. All right, let's do some instants and sorceries. Sure, yeah. We're going to fly through them because we spent lots of time on creatures, and lots of these are, I think, fairly standard, right? They're fairly standard includes, so we're going to start with Boomerang. Blue-blue, return target permanent... To its owner's hand. You can bounce your own stuff. If you wanted to. Uh, well, Boomerang acts as kind of a way to save something too, right? Yeah. Yes, it does. And remember, you can copy all of these. And all of these are kind of on the cheap. So. All right. So we have Boomerang. Next up, we've got Brainstorm. Here's the thing. I looked at this when I was making the show notes and said, that's really good. But it's not. No, it's not good at all. This is a trap. This is a trap. It's like one of the best cards in Magic, and it's not good. It's not good in this particular instance. So, blue, draw three cards, then put two cards from your hand on top of your library in any order. If you copy it... You, I'm going to draw six cards! You think you are, no, you're but not, you're going to yeah. just draw the same cards that you just drew. You're going to technically only see four cards. That's awful. It's still good. You still draw one deeper than the two that you put back, so you still yeah. see like an additional card the next time you cast it, which is fine but what about like it's not the game new serum, serum visions or ponder or preordain like anything that lets you scry or like put back or shuffle so you can see that many more different cards yeah it's just better when you're digging for an answer dig for the answer no. next up we have electrolyze just another card drawer so draw a card and it also does two damage divided any way you choose among any two target creatures and or players i think that was a list original yeah so was brainstorm yeah, weird, hey? Yeah. yeah. Not list original. Fresh meat. Yeah, this is a definitely a Brando card. Four mana, so green three. Create a 3-3 three, three green beast creature token for each creature put into a graveyard from the battlefield this turn. You're playing tokens. Somebody says, this is getting out of control. They wrath. Then you go fresh meat. S my D. Exactly. 
That's and my fresh meat. Show <laughs> you some fresh meat. Yeah. Next up, list original, Ray of Command. I kind of like this one. Untapped target creature and opponent controls, gain control of it, gains haste until end of turn. And when you give it back, you tap it. Very cool. If you didn't attack with it. But double it, you can steal two things. It's pretty good. Sometimes that gets like all the blockers out of the way. Or it just gets the big stuff that you're afraid of. Or sometimes you're playing a list and you're like, oh, I wish I could play that card and that card at the same time. With Ray of Command copied with Riku, you can! Next up, original, one of the things that make the deck expensive, or did at one point, Spell Crumple. Yeah, blue, blue, one, counter target spell. If that spell is countered this way, you can put it on the top or the bottom of its owner's library. Used to be good with Tuck, now it's not. And this deck doesn't want to counter stuff, and you don't want to copy counter spells generally. Typically, yeah. Yeah, cut it. Flex spot. Next up, Tribute to the Wild. Oh, I like this one. I always forget about this one. Green, one. Each opponent sacrifices an artifact or enchantment. And you copy that shit. Yeah. yeah. Four mana, each opponent sacrifices two artifacts or enchantments. Do that on turn four, hey? It's pretty good. Or turn... I yeah, guess turn if, four. if you turn get four Riku on turn that. four, you want this on turn five, maybe. Like everybody sack their soul ring and something else. It's pretty good. Yeah, soul ring and top. Yeah, that's a good one. Get some. Next up, we're going to do some sorceries. Okay. Let's talk Beacon of Creation. Four mana. Put a 1-1 one, one green insect creature into play for each forest you control and then shuffle it into its owner's library. Chain Reaction. Four mana deals X damage where X is the number of creatures you control. Creatures in play. Creatures in play. To each creature. Deals X to each creature where X is the number of creatures in play. Yes. Excellent. Typically gets them all. Next up, we have Clone Legion. Nine mana. Ah. Nine. So if you want to double this, it's going to cost 11 Zs. What's it do, though, Ryan? For each creature target player controls, create a token copy of that creature. So it doubles all of somebody's creatures. Yeah. So if you're, I mean, you're thinking, oh, I'd copy myself. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe somebody's playing Slivers. Yeah. Maybe you just, maybe they're playing zombies. Maybe they're playing elves. Ooh, yeah. Just get Against in Against tribal, it's good. And I think late game where obviously you're going to cast it, if you're playing a token list yourself, you probably cast it on you because you're going to get the most bodies for it. When I put this in, the first thing I thought of was I'm playing against uh, F.U. Joe's elf deck. Yeah. And he's got all those lords. And then you get all those lords as tokens. And then you use Brutaclad to turn all your creatures into lords. And then you beat <laughs> yeah. And then you just beat in. Yeah, Brutaclad's interesting, eh? I like him. Next up, we have Collective Voyage. Green, to start with you, each player may pay any amount of extra mana. For each mana paid, everybody goes and searches for that many land. Eh. Cut it. I would cut that for something else. Uh, yeah. Was that originally in the list? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a trap card. Those collective whatevers. That one, I don't know, Cause man. This one, this one benefits your opponents before it benefits you. and it, You know what? That one is yeah. Veteran Explorer on a sorcery, but I like Veteran Explorer better because yeah. it's a little bit more political. It stays on the table. It blocks. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Next up, Cultivate. Land into play. Land into hand for three mana. Randall's favorite card, Decimate. Destroy target artifact, creature, enchantment, and land for four mana. Disaster Radius. I think this is an original from the list, right? Yeah. Seven mana. Reveal a creature from your hand. Disaster Radius deals damage to each creature your opponents control equal to the cards converted mana cost so you're probably going to get everything because you play like mono 100 drop exactly fire spout 
Gruel Hybrid 2. Deals 3 damage to each creature without flying if you spent red. 3 damage to each creature with flying if you spent green. That's just to cast it. That That isn't in reference to the hybrid color. It's if you spent red or green to cast the spell, you do both. If you tapped a mountain and a forest, it does both. Yeah. Next up, Hour of Promise. This is an interesting include, considering that you hate this card. I do. Five mana to search your library for two land cards. Put them onto the battlefield tapped. Then, if you're... If you control... Three or more deserts, you get two black zombie creatures. <laughs> so if you just totally shit the bed and play a whole bunch of deserts in the deck... You can get a couple of tokens. This, If you're going to tune this deck up because you're thinking, I want to drop thousands of dollars on a mana base and play that exact list, you can find a Gaius Cradle. Super sweet. Yeah, so it's good. Next up, Hull Breach. Destroy target artifact or destroy target enchantment or destroy target artifact and target enchantment. Booyah. How about Kadama's Reach? See, cultivate from above. Ruination. Ruination was in the actual stock list. <laughs> yeah. Red. Three. Destroy all non-basic lands. I just wanted to see what you were going to say. Because this, in this mana-hungry, in a deck that's this mana-hungry, are you going to blow up any of your own land? How many non-basics are you playing? Not very many. Like three? But still, <laughs> what the hell? Yikes. And lastly, we have Vengeful Rebirth. Ooh, I don't know what this card does. I'll tell you. For red, green, four, you return target card from your graveyard to your hand. If you return a non-land card to your hand this way, Vengeful Rebirth deals damage equal to that card's converted mana cost to target creature or player. And then you exile it. Oh. So you get your not you get your Artisan of Kozilek back, nine-something, and you have it. In the or your Clone Legion and you nine-something. and Yeah. Okay. Neat. Okay, enchantments. Of note, in the original list, there were only three enchantments. And those enchantments were all the vows that you put on a creature and then makes the creature sweet, but the creature can't attack you. Oh, so you enchant somebody else's creature so you don't get attacked? Correct. Or you enchant your own thing to make it better. But F all that, I cut all those, are stupid. Yeah. And played a bunch of even worse stuff. Starting with, you told me to include at least one really janky old card. And I did. (laughs) And it's Day of the Dragons. Originally from Scourge again, I think, right? Yeah. Blue, blue, blue. Four. What? <laughs> okay. When Day of the Dragons enters the battlefield, exile all creatures you control, then create that many 5-5 five, five dragon creature tokens with flying. Yeah, baby. Oh, baby. Okay, <laughs> so you're getting rid of all your mirrors, you're cashing them in for dragons. Okay. When Day of the Dragon leaves the battlefield, sacrifice all dragons you control, then return the exiled cards to the battlefield under your control. Now... Notice it says cards. If you exiled your other tokens, they're gone. Yeah. So you better hope that you didn't cut that spell crumble to keep your Day of the Dragons around. Ah. But if you act, most of the tokens come from playing other creatures or when other creatures come into play. So you're going to get most of those tokens back. Oh, yeah, that's Like Avengers good. Zendikar comes back in, you're going to get all those plants again. You're going to get Avengers Zendikar, Gangbang Commander. You're going to get all those that things back. So Rivendale giant tree, tree folk guy. thing. Yeah. Riverdale. Heh. <laughs> That'd be funny if you paint a little Archie face on that tree folk. Oh, God, I hate Archie. All right, how about we do Fervor? This is our other haste enabler. Red to creatures you control have haste. You know that I like Mass Hysteria better. Totally. Just, just red but you're all, an enchantment. There's all enough, creatures get haste. There's enough cards in this deck to help your opponents. There's oh, enough yeah. cards. There's, yeah, yeah. It's enough. Yeah. And last for the enchantments, we have Flame Shadow Conjuring. This is actually in the stock Riku list. Red. 
Three, whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, you can pay red. If you do, put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of that creature. And then you exile it at the end of the end step. And it has haste. So if you put a creature into play, you copy it with Riku, and then you copy it with Flame Shadow Conjuring. You yeah. get three of something. It's pretty good. Let's do some artifacts. These will be real fast. All stock all the time. Our millinery sphere. It's a two-drop mana rock. Gruel Signet. That's the Gruel Signet. Is it Signet? That's the Is it Signet. Simic Signet. That's the, let me guess, Simic Signet. There we go. <laughs> Lightning Greaves. Shroud and Haste. Prophetic Prism. This is a weird one. We've never played this one, I don't think. Two drop. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card. Cool. You can pay one, tap it to add a color of mana of any color. So it's a filterer. It's not terrible. I kind of like it, actually. It replaces itself and really, I mean, it just gives you a color of mana that you need. It turns some of that colorless into color, and Riku wants colored, so... He wants colored, and this is basic land dot deck almost right yeah especially with that ruination i would even cut some of the crappy non-basics that are in here how about sol ring one drop taps for two just real quick the non-basics that are in here non-basics that are in here we have command tower evolving wilds which turns into a basic fungal reaches yeah what the hell <laughs> Grold turf kazandu refuge is it boiler works simic growth chamber orn reese of the vast wood temple of the false god vivid creek vivid crag vivid vivid grove so i would argue that you could cut those vivids you could cut one of those comes into play, like that storage land, Fungal Reaches, for a Terramorphic Expanse because it turns into a basic, right? Get some uh, Myriad Landscape in there. Yeah, you Myriad could, Landscape instead of one of those Karoo Bounce Lands. You could easily do all basic dot deck Yeah, if you wanted to. Uh, lastly, the last card on the deck, there's one Planeswalker. It was in the stock list. It's Grawl, it's Grawl Wildspeaker. Garrick Wildspeaker, he's a three loyalty planeswalker for four, plus one untaps, two target lands. That's why he's in here, because this deck is mana hungry as shit. And the other abilities at this point kind of don't matter. They make beasts and overrun. Well, the token beast thing is yeah, the not beast, terrible. Beast token is on theme. The overrun could be a win condition if you're hurting. Yeah. But it's there as a ramp spell, 100%. So that's the deck. Let's look at some of the quick stats. Okay, card draw effects. There's... I put seven, but there's actually eight of them because I didn't notice that one was actually a card draw spell. So seven. There's some good stuff to double, and then there's some some stinkers like Brainstorm. Like, I would cut Brainstorm and put in, like, Treasure Cruise or Dig Through Time. Definitely. Because you can make them cost way less by delving. Yep. And copying them just, like, lets you see more cards. Let's, well, treasure, treasure Cruise just lets you draw six if you copy it. Yeah, p period. Draw six cards, period. Yeah. Continue your turn, yeah. Super sweet. Targeted removal. Counting Boomerang, and Boomerang's that flexibility because you can save any one of your permanents. Super sweet. And there's seven targeted removal. Ray of Command, we talked about that, just copied, of course, can sometimes just get rid of both blockers that the opponent has, and you can kill them. Sweet. Mass removal, including Ruination. What the hell? Why is that there? Yeah, there's, there's five of those. Another quick note about Ray of Command, just, it's an instant. Yeah. So if somebody's swinging to beat wholesale ass on you, you can steal somebody else's shit so that you have blockers, and that's enough. You can you can eliminate four threats on the table if you're really yeah. Hurting. It's kind of a two for one. If somebody's attacking you, you can steal the attacking creature and then use it to block and kill both of the creatures. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's a very versatile spell. Yeah. Token making creatures. There's eight of them. Yeah. And each one of those token making creatures can be copied. 
So you got like 16 token-making creatures if you have Riku. Token-making spells, there's five of them. Copy all of them and you get 10 of them. That doesn't include Garrick because you can't copy him with Riku. But yeah. you can see why Riku's powerful. He basically doubles all of the things that you want to do. I, wait, that's exactly what he does. <laughs> that's exactly what he does. Not okay. That's exactly what he does. Okay, so we're not breaking any land speed records with the deck. Hell no. No. Okay, so some viable two drops on turn two. Comes alive on turn three. You can maybe cast Riku turn f- three, four, if you're like really lucky you're really with the lucky. Soul Ring, Mana Rock kind of start. And then I think turn five, turn four, five, you just want to cast Riku and try and double everything, right? Yep. And I think we beat to death that the deck wants to be... Like if you were going to improve this out of the box, you want the Mana Rocks, you want the low-cost dorks and... and Correct. Mana getters, right? Yes, you want to get more fast mana into the deck, and your deck becomes faster, and that makes the deck better. Very excellent. Should we go to the budget section? Let's do that. Because this is actually really sweet. Now, you're, remember, you're playing a Perforos, and your commander is 13 bucks. Yeah. And the deck comes in at a whopping $112. Yeah. Yeah, so if you cut that perf and played an Impact Tremors, there's a few bucks there. Yeah, Perf is twenty bucks ish now, or like yeah. two thousand Canadian. Yeah. Maelstrom Wanderers six, Kamal Fisticrosses five, Garrick Wildspeaker is nine. Yeah. So those those are the expensive cards in the deck apart from Riku. That's unreal, right? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a very affordable deck, and I'll bet you would be super in line for a pre-constructed EDH product from Watsi. I think so. So when we look at the the value of the twenty seventeen pre-cons when they came out on any reputable website that has deck lists and prices, you would have seen about a $110 to $120 value on cards inside the deck. And this is like exactly in line. The only thing about those decks and this deck is those decks packed a little bit um, heftier mana base. Yes. But this one packs Ruination, so fuck those guys. (laughs) Exactly. So F your stupid mana base, you dink. Now, this being the budget section, it would be so easy for us to tell you, like, okay, we're playing tokens, play Parallel Lives and Doubling Season and Crater Hoof Behemoth, whatever. We're not going to do that. We're going to give you some some spicier includes. Yeah. So this is what I had. I like, in token lists, a little ditty called Parallel Evolution. It's a good one. Green, green, three double all of your creature tokens and then it has green 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 four flashback i also like and this one's 13 bucks i was surprised to see this price tag on a sapperling symbiosis you get a sapperling for each creature you control sort of that's like doubling your creatures i mean technically it is exactly doubling your creatures but you're doubling them and getting like one ones that's okay that's fine sometimes you just need bodies exactly and if you're playing things like Garrick and Kamal the Fister, you've got an overrun ability somewhere in your deck. The other thing I liked, if you're going to go more of the spell slinger, copy your spells to get tokens, Riku list, I like a spontaneous generation. This is from Masks Block. I like that. Masks proper, I think. Yeah. Green, three. You get a sapperling for each card in your hand. It's not bad. Yeah. It's so not bad at all. Let's just say you cast that on five cards, empty board. You get five Sapperlings. Then if you did Sapperling Symbiosis, you double it up to 10. Parallel Evolution, you go to 20. Flashback, you go to 40, right? And that's like four cards. But remember, and Riku. And wait, you could double all those with Riku. So you yeah. could be like at 120 Sapperlings. But you need lots of mana. 
Yeah. So that's where if somebody in CCO Nation was building this list, I would say everywhere you can try and get an extra mana rock or dork in there. Right. And uh I guess that's it's one of the weaknesses of the deck, right? Yeah, it's it's very, very, very mana hungry. It's very old school, probably two thousand eleven, maybe even two thousand ten commander where you're just the biggest, yeah. funnest things. I can't play this in standard. I'm going to play it here. Exactly. And I'm going to play it twice because I'm playing Riku. I'm playing this <laughs> new toy that I got and this fancy new commander product that they made. Oh, man, those are the days. Eh? Wasn't it? Yeah. <sighs> you know what? Strength of the deck feels like a very classic old school commander deck. We're looking out the window across the river into the sunrise. It feels oh, like the first commander deck you ever built. Yeah. Yeah. Like and, it, and it performs like it because it's got no mana rocks. Exactly. <laughs> Worst. <laughs> you know what? Another weakness, going back to the weaknesses, nothing inherently broken in the list. And you kind of need that these days. You need at least one kind of, like, we, we always talk about it, come out of the wings, just F everybody else, win the game. Multiple paths to victory and or instant paths to victory. Exactly. Strengths, apart from feeling like a classic, fun, old-school style deck, super budget. And we told you the expensive cards to cut if you wanted this deck to be like, eh, 60 bucks yeah you could easily get this and you could go out and again this is one of those decks where if you went into a store with this list and said hey can we get they'd be like yes absolutely <laughs> take these here you go bulk discount get them out of here thanks take my buddy. avatar fury take it i'll pay you to take it exactly yeah. that's exactly how that would go yeah this is what i like play your favorite thing play your favorite thing and play two of them Yes. Yeah. I like if, those two. If you like Avatar Fury, have at her. You can have two of them. It's so bad. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, And there are some, like, you could have some kind of silly. Th I was actually just sitting here thinking to myself as we were talking about the list. You know who would go really kind of cool in here? Prime Speaker Zagana. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's legendary, but if you copy a Prime Speaker, she'll come in, she'll get five counters, draw you six cards, then her token will come in, see that great big other Prime Speaker Zagana, get twice the number of tokens, be a 12-12, draw you 12 more cards, then you can play that uh, spontaneous generation to get a Yo, salary yeah, card in your hand. dude! Combo City, motherfuckers! Oh, yeah! yeah. No, that's not com that's a suburb of Combo City Value Town. There we go. That's Value Town. <laughs> yeah, super sweet. I guess um you know here's 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 the thing. I think that Riku could be like a creative exercise in deck building. Like you could exercise your creativity. What's the weirdest thing that could happen from copying something? Cuz you're not supposed to have two of anything in EDH. Yeah. What's the weirdest thing, right? CCO Nation. Hashtag who wore it better, but also what's the weirdest Riku type copy shenanigan thing that could happen? The strangest creature doubling thing that you can think of. What's the weirdest possible thing? Or spell doubling. Or spell doubling, yeah. 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 Milk list? How about instead we do card of the of week? The week. That. Yeah. Card of the week this week? Animar, Soul of Elements. Wait. Wrong deck. <laughs> no, it's the right deck. Right deck. Yeah. I, I cut him on purpose. <gasps> I did. I cut him You're on monster. purpose. You're a monster. Card of the week this week, Day of the Dragons. Totally jank. Totally garbage. It costs, what is Oh, that's MTGO ticks. It costs one cent. But online it costs uh, 32 American cents or 14 Canadian dollars. Very Jeez. affordable. What's the foil? A dollar. It's a 3X foil multiplier on that baby. <laughs> Woo-wee. Oh, man. You know what? I like Day of the Dragons. I, I wish it didn't cost seven, but you got to remember you're cashing in all your little guys to make a bunch of big guys. Yeah, all those zero one plants that Avengers Zendikar made. Now you got five five flyers instead. 
I and you're going to get those plants back. Your lands could get bigger though, but they don't fly. Yeah, they don't fly. I, you know what I want? I want a I want a simic list to run like all the mana dorks and just ramp hard to do like Day of the Dragons on turn two or three with ten dudes and just crush somebody's dreams. That's what <laughs> I want with Day of the Dragons. I want to take it all the way to generic city, another. <laughs> Suburb of Combo. It's when you go you go through Combo City, you pass through Value Town, take a right at the lights, and you end up in generic. You end up in Genericville. No, this is Degenerateville. <laughs> Degenerateville. It's like the upper hoity-toity suburbs. We only play the most degenerate competitive combos. And it's so blue. And you walk in, and you're like, Oh yeah, I'm playing. Day of the Dragons. Day of the Dragons, asshole. Ah. That's, a, that's like sitting down at the top tables in Vegas or whatever at like the end of the Commander Championship, and I'm playing Zada, and I won my last round against uh, a Tazri food chain list. It's like, <laughs> yeah, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so good. Excellent. But Day of the Dragons. Go figure. Yeah, super it, sweet. Pick them up. It's fun to play with. If you're playing in a deck that plays lots of creatures, it's a way of winning the game real quick. Just real quick. <laughs> That's like blue overrun. So you got all these crappy wizards that don't do anything. You cast your seven drop pump spell, let's call it, and you give all your guys plus four, plus four, and flying because they're all one ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. excellent. It's a great card. Play it. Play it or be square. Underrated. Milk list? Milk list. Okay. The milk list, as per edhrec.com, is the most commonly played card in each converted mana cost slot from zero all the way up to about 15 or 16 in the color combination we're talking about today teamer or green blue red yes so rug rug yeah that's what it used to be called at the zero drop slot mana crypt nope deck wants it oh yeah it does oh yeah it does soul ring yeah cyclonic rift at two nope do we want that nah you could copy it and get two things if you didn't want to overload it nah it's probably good it's always good. Nah. Eternal Witness. Nope. That's another good one. Playing Deadwood Tree Folk instead. Because it's way better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's keep telling ourselves that. Solemn Simulacrum. Nope. Acidic Slime at five. That'd probably be a good one. So would uh, Solemn Simulac- Simulacrum. Not playing them. Nope. Dead Eye Navigator at six. Nope. Blink your guy and copy it every time he comes into play. Would be good. Not playing it. Avengers Zendikar. There we go. Seven. There we go. There's our second milk list match. How many did you say? Two, two. we're going to have? I guess two. Two. Okay. That's a fun game. Every time you're wrong, we got a drink. Oh, I like here's that game a, too. Here's a good one. Eight drop. Big Daddy Butt Sex Terastodon. Oh, dang. Copy him. Destroy six things. Not playing it though. That's good. I like yeah, that. I think he's in the stock list. Blasphemous Act at nine. Nope. Kozilek Butcher of Truth at 10. Nope. Ulamog the Infinite Guy at 11. Nope. It the Betrays at 12. Nope. Emrakul two. Nope. Emrakul one. Nope. Draco. Nope. Draco? Draco? In a three color list? I suppose. It's, people sure. play a talk thon worm. Anyways, two milk list matches. I was right. No drinks for you. Ha! Oh. Yeah. <laughs> sucks. Life sucks, yeah. Anyway, milk list matches. Milk list, always fun. Spice calculator? Spice calculator. Okay, let's pull it up. Now, on edhrec.com, 1,757 Riku lists. He is the second most popular team your commander after your boy Animar. Yeah. And he's just Second. above Maelstrom Wanderer, who's also in there, and then Surak Dragonclaw. Who no we, way, hey. Yeah, we played him. We did him in like our first ten episodes. He was. I think he was like episode three. 
Yeah, the werewolf tribal deck. Ooh. Oh, what a CCO list! Hey? Right? What a stinking piece of junk. <laughs> what a piece of garbage. Pile of garbage. Yeah, just set it on fire and keep the hobos warm. It's worth listening to, though. It was us <laughs> just take a great big dump on a deck. Certainly, we dump on decks way harder now. I think. I think we might. Yeah, you were like, "Oh no, we can't crap on it." It was a deck I actually played, so I knew how bad it was. <laughs> That's the best part. <laughs> Average converted mana cost of this pile of steaming dog shit is 4.33. Ooh. That is like twice as high as it should be. And and it's still lower than the original list. Ooh. Yeah, you okay. Critical turn. At least five because I don't see you getting no. Riku out before five. Like no, the, the deck ain't rolling until you got Riku and you ain't got Riku till turn five. Yeah. Big games only. Don't play this in a three or four person game. Yeah, big game. Not quite end of the night because you don't want it to be. Ah, oh, I got it. I just I want to play one more game and go home. You want to do the in the game before that where you people are playing their fun decks. It's like ah, oh, whatever. We're still playing. Yeah. And you're just there to dirtle around and maybe pull out a win. I think optimal game size might be synonymous with how competitive the deck is. Yes. Okay. Tutors. No tutors. Zero tutors. Nice. Now this is this is where you I think you picked up most of your spice points. Uniqueness rating. Cards different than the stock list on EDH right there. Ooh. 41. Yeah. Punch it all in. Beep, boop, 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 boop. 61.3. Mm. Pass the 60 test. I like it. That's yeah. passing the 50 test with honors. Ah, yeah, I like that because we don't really talk about anything after the 50 test until we hit 70. Yeah. But you got 50 honors. Yeah. That's 60. Take that. Honors is worth 10. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Okay, super sweet. So spicy list, not very many common includes, says the milk list. Fun, classic. You're playing, you're playing Day of the Dragons. You're playing Day of the Dragons. We got to build a Day of the Dragons deck. Yeah, we do. Yeah, dude. Okay, here's here's what we're going to do. We're going to brew Day of the Dragons someday of the dragons. Oh. oh, run over our contest. Give us the final thoughts of the day. Call out to... That one member of CCO Nation that's going to be our last patron for our stretch goals. You want more content? Make it happen. Okay, this is at the top of the show. If you want to win any of the C18 decks, one of your choice, all you have to do is follow us on Facebook or Twitter or share one of our contest posts. It's basically help us get out there. Special consideration might be given to you if you follow us on Podomatic and help us take down a coin-collecting podcast. We can get them, guys. We can do this. We can do this. We can be number one. And just show all these other stupid hobbies that ours is the best. But that's how you do that. And we'll be making that draw in probably two weeks. So stay tuned for that. As far as final thoughts on the deck go, I really did go hard on a classic commander feel. I didn't want it to feel like we were building some kind of just super tuned. I wanted to give Watsy a shot, I guess, on this one. So I built something that was a little bit, I don't want to say janky, but a little more fun, a little more casual. It's something you can throw anything that you want in, which is what Riku of Two Reflections kind of says to me when I read him. Is it something you just play your favorite thing, like Ryan said, and that's really cool because it gives you the opportunity to maybe dick around with things that you wouldn't normally play. And if you want to make this list super competitive, hyper competitive, you got one in your closet, you want to bust it out, tune it up, make something that you're just going to rock wholesale ass on turn three, just build Animar. Easy as pie. Speaking of building things that you're going to beat wholesale ass on turn three, we probably will not be building one of those on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Ooh.